Early on in the life of every fledgling advertising agency, there comes a day of reckoning, a cold and inevitable moment in time when ultimatum and bluff collide, nose to nose like heavyweights, in a stare down of career-defining proportions. The ultimatum is, almost without exception, issued by the fickle hand of a client whim, or the shifting winds of a creative vogue, Times change. Shit happens. The client who loved you yesterday suddenly wants new terms, a new team, a new look and feel. You thought, because they told you as recently as yesterday, that the look and feel you'd been providing them was looking and feeling just fine. Yet, without warning, an email arrives from someone in the client's purchasing department, whom you've never met, informing you that you are no longer cutting their creative mustard. That you might just possibly, in fact, suck. The respondent bluff, again almost always without exception, is that of the agency scrambling to stay alive. New deal? Name your price. New account team? Already on board. New feel and look? Talk to us. We are creative whores. We have absolutely no pride. Because at this point in the agency's pubescent biography, this suddenly fickle anchor client is the only game in town. All the agency's chips are on the table, and every job is at risk. At the end of this day of reckoning, one of two realities remain. Hope or layoffs. Anchor clients are grown, not stolen. And like children, their departure is inevitable and cold. Such a day came for the advertising and marketing agency known as Wright and Wong, a Seattle firm the trade rags had dubbed the hottest creative shop in the world of internet commerce and all things digital, during the week between Christmas and New Year's Day. Their largest client was coming in to fire them from the account. Ben Wong, The co-founder and sole equity principal at Wright & Wong was reportedly off golfing in Scottsdale that week with a group of other young CEOs who had formed an alliance of sorts that for all intents and purposes appeared to be founded on the love of golf. Wong hadn't been seen or heard from since the agency's annual holiday bash, which this year, because of pressing project deadlines, was held in the lobby with a boombox and 32 chickens from Boston Market. So today, responsibility for the agency's fate was in the capable, if not completely willing hands of Brad Teeters, Mark Johnson, and Pamela Wiley, the firm's biggest remaining cheeses in residence when it came to such details as clients, gross profit margins, and the vaporous mental state of the creative staff. The client in question was nothing less than the world's largest microprocessor company. Their standard corporate vendor agreement, or CVA, the political football at the heart of today's scrimmage, stipulated that at no time and for no reason whatsoever shall the agency use their name in any outside communications or marketing materials. When Wright and Wong's team leader for this account, 
Brad Teeters, had asked how they were supposed to respond to a simple and reasonable question such as, So, who are your largest clients? He was told that he could use the term, the world's largest microprocessor company, as long as the company name itself was neither spoken nor printed. Because the linkage between this description and the actual name of the company would likely appear at the $100 level on who wants to be a millionaire, no rationale was provided nor asked for. The whole contract controversy began when a new copywriter in W&W's creative department used the hollowed client name in a press release about a design award the agency had just won. This innocent transgression caused a suit in the client's Silicon Valley Procurement Department, known to the rest of the world as purchasing, to hyperventilate.